Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Hey, thanks for coming along for the ride tonight. It is 7.05. Reed Wilkins live at Clear Drake Arena. Teams coming on the ice here for the National Anthem. U of A Golden Bears taking on the Saskatchewan Huskies for the 500th time. NHL action tonight. Four games. Some goals since we left you before the news. Capitals and Penguins now 4-4 early in the third. Ovechkin with two to get up to 32 on the season. Red Wings lead the Hurricanes 2-1 early in the third with about 14 minutes left. San Jose has a 2-1 lead in Columbus in early second period. Minnesota with goals from Stahl and Coyle as the Wild lead the Golden Knights 2-0. Oilers practice tomorrow. Next game coming, or they'll have their skills competition tomorrow. They will practice uh, on Sunday, morning skate Monday, and then the game against the Tampa Bay Lightning, outstanding team, will be Monday night at Rogers Place. 5.30 face-off show, 7 o'clock puck drop here on 6.30. Chet. Lots of Eskimos news uh, today. We filled you in on that, but just quickly, Odell Willis traded to the Ottawa Red Blacks, and then Ottawa traded him to uh, B.C., you can get more on 630Ched.com. And Jake Serezna is the new defensive lineman that the Eskimos picked up in the trade from Ottawa. And uh, he'll join us after the 7.30 news. Kellen Kennedy back at the uh, 630Ched studio. Kellen, how's it going tonight, buddy? Doing great. How are you enjoying your night back on campus, Reed? I, I'm enjoying it a lot. I, here's the thing, though. I, I don't know if you can check. I don't. I don't think I'm getting texts. Uh, and usually the night before a big, or the last show before a big football game, uh, we want texts with the score prediction. And, of course, we have that great rule on Inside Sports that only the correct predictions then get referred to the next show after the game if you nail the score. Just the, all the predictions that didn't turn out, we just don't mention them. We just pretend that they never happened. So I, I would like Super Bowl scores texted to 630-630. Uh, but, Kellen, you might have to read those later on in the show because I don't think I'm getting the uh, text here for some reason. Uh, we're going to connect here with our next guest right away. Quickly, though, let's take a one-minute break. We're live from Claire Drake Arena. Hi, this is Ryan Eugene Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Well, the Oilers still without the nuge. Probably another three to four weeks. Cracked ribs suffered before. Which break was it? They've had so many before their uh, bye week. 
when they beat Vegas in overtime. Reed Wilkins, Claire Drake Arena. They just sang the national anthem here. U of A Golden Bears hosting the U of S Huskies. Big rivalry night, 500th game between the two teams. Good crowd, obviously mostly Alberta fans, though as you know, Saskatchewan fans are everywhere, whether it's for a football team or a hockey team, so I'm sure they'll have some vocal support uh, as well. And the Saskatchewan fans are hoping, the rest of you are not, that the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are in the Grey Cup in Edmonton in November. I can't tell you which teams are going to be involved, but I can tell you some of the things uh, that are going to be happening. It's been branded Bring the Heat. Going to be right on uh, Jasper Avenue this year from 96th to 99th, uh, 99th to 96th Streets. That'll be Grey Cup Festival Central in the week leading up to the big CFL Championship game. And uh, a whole bunch of stuff going on. There's going to be Epcor Street Ski. There's going to be a Jiffy Lube tube slide. A whole bunch of stuff going on. The uh, Capital Power Zip Line is going to be back. That was popular in Churchill Square in 2010. The big announcement was downtown this afternoon. Morley Scott attended, and he talked to Eskimos President and CEO Len Rhodes. Len, this really kicks the ball off, does it not? Today, it's a great atmosphere in this room. There's an awful lot of excitement building already for the uh, for the 2018 Grey Cup. The expression, let's get the party started, started today. And uh, it's only February, and the game takes place in November, but it really does represent the fact that it's Canada's largest party, and we want to make sure that it's Edmonton's party. People across the country come to Edmonton, and that we can showcase our city with pride. A lot of announcements today, and I think maybe the thing that jumped out at me so much is how much it appears that corporate Edmonton and corporate Alberta is really jumping on. And it's phenomenal. You know, you got to get the ball rolling, and your first call is really important, but honest to God, everyone we've been talking to wants to be part of this uh, whole Grey Cup scene. So uh, the partners here today are the first wave. We're talking to others. And yesterday I was even talking to uh, General Vance's office from the Armed Forces, and they have made a commitment that they want to be involved in a very, very important way this year. Uh, you're on record uh, talking about two things. First off, let's talk about the ticket sales. They go on sale June 1st. You can get them now if you're an Eskimo season ticket holder, of yeah. course, as you talked about. Uh, but uh, 2010, the record was set. It was sold out in six days. You're, you've gone on record again today saying you'll do it quicker than that. Yeah, I'm going on record to say we're going to beat our own record that was established in 2010. We had sold out in six days. But the important factor to consider is right here, right now, if you renew your season seats or if you purchase new season seats, you have access to buying your Grey Cup t tickets immediately. So when we go on sale in June, we don't know how many tickets are going to be left over for the general public. So the best way to solidify your place is to buy your season seat and just tack on the Grey Cup tickets, which start at a very, very reasonable price, $99. The highest are $325. So we've priced it so that it's accessible for our fans who support us day in and day out. Uh, you've also gone on record as saying you want the Eskimos not only to be in the game, but for the first time ever win the game on their home stadium turf. Uh, that's a lot of pressure you're putting on your football club. Yeah, it's a bold, audacious goal, but that's what sports is all about. We've won 14 Grey Cups. We've hosted four times in Edmonton for the Grey Cup since 1949, but there's one thing we've never accomplished is winning in our own backyard. So whether you're Brock Sunderland, Jason Moss, Mike Riley, the whole team knows this is the one we really want. You, before you took this job with the Eskimos, uh, you knew about the Grey Cup like every Canadian well, does, and you've probably been to a few. Many. Uh, now that you're on the inside uh, from, from the Canadian Football League perspective, in your mind, what is it about the Grey Cup that is so important to Canadians? Because it just seems to be a rallying point every November, and it doesn't matter if you're 
team's in it or your team's not in it, or if you're a football fan or not. It's just something about the Great Cup that brings everybody together and everybody wants to be part of it. Well, you know, day in and day out, we have conflicts sometimes on, depending on what the issues are, it could be a pipeline discussion and one province disagrees with the other. But when it's Great Cup, everyone comes together and we celebrate our differences. And we can banter, we can have beers together. There's no fighting, everyone's just partying. And if I'm part of the federal government, this is Canada's party. This is like July 1st taking place in November, but in a very, very meaningful way. And the fact that it's held in different locations each year brings an element of newness, and there's always something unique, but there's one carryover effect. Everyone gets along, and it's a big party. And I, yeah, before I got in the business, uh, growing up in Montreal, I attended many great cups in Toronto as well, and I just love it because it's a, it's a way to have fun. This game and this week is important to the football club, both as a, uh, financially and just as a, as a reason that everyone like looks at the Eskimos and see how well they put this on. Uh, it's also uh, important for the city, too. You're kind of wearing two hats in this deal as president of the Eskimos and with the Chamber of Commerce. Just talk a little bit about the, the economic impact that this game and this festival brings to the city. You know, it's really important is that you can have fun, but if there's a way that everyone wins and our local businesses can participate and benefit from that, that's the that's the ultimate goal. In 2010, when we last hosted, the economic impact was about $80 million. We're hoping that it can be as high as $100 million for this city. So people spending within the city and people coming from other provinces, other cities come in and participate. So it's very important. And on June 1st, wearing my Chamber of Commerce hat, we're going to be hosting a, a breakfast here at the Shaw Conference Centre. And we're going to launch the ticket sales to the public on June 1st. And I've contacted Commissioner Randy Ambrosi and asked him to be the keynote speaker. He's thrilled and when he's come in for updates in the recent last few weeks, he just says this is so exciting, I can't wait to be a part of it myself. How much has the game impacted season tickets at the Eskimo office? We're in an upswing compared to the same time last year which is fabulous and pretty well everyone that's buying their season tickets are buying Grey Cup tickets so that's exactly what we want to happen and uh, we're on pace with where we were in 2010 which uh, really led into the uh, setting the record in six days back then. So part of the message today is don't dilly-dally, right? Oh, exactly, because people say, well, June 1st, that's a long time to wait to buy my Great Cup tickets. Don't worry. Don't sweat it. Get your season seats, and you're first in line for Great Cup, and you can give us your visa number, and we'll sell you the tickets today. There you go, Len Rhodes, Eskimos president and CEO, talking to Morley Scott after the announcement this afternoon about some of the details of the Grey Cup Festival. Already getting ready for the big game in November at Commonwealth Stadium in Edmonton. Reed Wilkins at Claire Drake Arena, almost four minutes into the first period between the Saskatchewan Huskies and the U of A Golden Bears. The shots are 10-1 for Saskatchewan. The game is three minutes and 45 seconds old. But it is scoreless. The Bears took an early penalty for checking from behind, which also comes with a 10-minute misconduct. Uh, the Bears able to kill off the uh, the Huskies' power play. Saskatchewan did hit the post once, but all Saskatchewan early thanks to that power play. Ben Carroll just went for a big hit on a Saskatchewan player and missed, slammed himself into the boards, but no score early on here. We're live at Claire Drake Arena for this showdown between the Bears and the Huskies as the Bears just miss an open net. Backhand sliding off the stick right in front. It's 7-16. We'll take a quick timeout. Inside Sports on Chet. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. Cam Talbot back on the ice today for your Edmonton Oilers optional skate. He was in net. Al Montoya took the option. 
Talbot ill for the last couple of days. Didn't even dress last night in the overtime loss to the Colorado Avalanche. But he was out there today and the skills competition for the Oilers coming up tomorrow. I'll have reports from that between 1 and 3 right here on 630 Jet. That's always a fun day for the Oilers, for the fans. Usually a lot of young fans coming out to that out at Rogers Place. Reed Wilkins inside Claire Drake Arena tonight taking in a good game early on but no score between the Golden Bears and the Saskatchewan Huskies. Bears have already killed off a man disadvantage now. They are on the power play, 13-35 to go in the first period. No score. Bears ranked number three in the nation. They're first in the Canada West standings. The Huskies ranked five in U Sports Hockey. Second in Canada West. They played in Saskatoon in the first half of the season, split those games, but uh, the Bears a little bit of a better record against the rest of the league, even though they came out of the the uh, Christmas break slow going 1-2-1 one, and one in their first four after that. As for the Edmonton Oilers, I mean, it's it's going to finally get busy. They only played three games in the last 18 days of January, had the game last night, another three days without a game, and then it really is going to pick up starting with the game against Tampa Bay on Monday night. Then they go on a California road trip. It is, I mean, look, I'm, I'm not optimistic at all that the Oilers are going to make the playoffs. The, the mathematical chance is as slim as can be I mean it's it's razor thin that they're going to make the playoffs they, they have to do something like I don't know I don't know how the Bears dismissed that chance I thought it was in I thought I saw the net bulge actually but with a great power play setup this is going to be fun tonight as I'm talking about something I'll see something interesting in the game and I'll have to do a bit of a diversion and now we got a mix up of course as you would expect between these two teams uh, Jordan Cook, the goaltender who was on Inside Sports the other night, way out of his net, involved in the scrum and the face washing in the corner. There was a bear pinned down to the ice. Uh, McGee for the Bears skating by the Saskatchewan bench and yapping as he's led to the, the penalty box. And I'm sure many of you have been to Claire Drake Arena. I hope so. But the benches are on opposite sides of the ice, not like an NHL rinks. And the penalty box is by the visiting team's bench. So the, uh, and this might be a misconduct here. I don't know if you, I don't know if the mic picked up any of that, but some, some very colorful language from Brandon McGee. Is he out of the game? I'm just talking to some of the stats guys here. He's out. Of, what did he do? Uh, all right. So maybe it was something after the fact or a misconduct, something like that. I didn't. I didn't see anything. And they're also looking at this chance here. The shot coming in from Clayton Kirichenko. I thought it went in. I, I thought it went in. I thought I saw the net ripple. Uh, but then everybody just played on. I think a couple of bears were kind of celebrating. And then eventually the scrum broke out in the corner. And uh, McGee, as he's being led to the penalty box, all of a sudden the referee says, no, 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 no. You're not going to the penalty box. You're leaving. So they're giving him a five-minute major for boarding. And I guess a game misconduct. So the Bears lose a guy early. There's still a minute left in the U of A power play. So they'll be four on four for a minute, and then Saskatchewan will have a four-minute power play. So, man, a lot going on here early in the game, uh, as you might expect. I remember, Kellen, I don't know if you were working that night. It, I mean, I think this is the third time we've come down here for a Bears-Huskies game. It's always fun. Yeah, that's correct. Yep. It might have been, been, been a Bears-Dinos game one night. But anyway... Did, were you working that night where, uh, now I know you weren't here, but a, a pain, a, a 
pane of glass shattered? Yep. Because one of the the student fans was hammering. It, like it didn't happen because of a puck or a body check. One of the fans was hammering on the glass while there was a nearby scrum, and he shattered the glass and it broke onto the ice. It was yeah. one of the craziest things. I just looked away for a second, and then I hear people go like, "Whoa!" And I look over, and there's like a just the glass. All, all over the ice. It was, it was to my left here in the Saskatchewan end, and you see one of the young fans kind of shocked with his buddies like holding them up because I think he almost fell through onto the ice. So, yeah, and it was right in the part of the ice where this boarding penalty just happened. So, that's an interesting one. The Huskies now on the power play. All right, so there I got. The, well, I'm going to be distracted. I'm at a live hockey game, for sure. Uh, the it, things are going to pick up here for the Oilers. Obviously, their chances of making the playoffs. I mean, to do it, now, granted, the last six games have been good. Going 4-1-1 one, and one in their last six, that's 9 out of 12 points. That is pretty much the pace they have to play on, play at, for the rest of the season. Oh, now we're going to get another... This is a wild game. Okay, so the Bears are forechecking on the penalty kill. i got to tell you what happened here. Uh... The wrong roster. Stefan Legault, the former Oil King, swooping through the top of the crease with the uh, Huskies starting their breakout behind their own net. And he collides with the goaltender, Jordan Cook. And I thought, oh, there's, there's going to be a penalty here. And the ref points at Cook and says, you got in the way and you took a dive and it was play on. This game is only nine minutes old, and everything I've been describing has already happened. And, of course, now this leads to another scrum in, in the corner in the Bears' end. The net got knocked off on a Saskatchewan drive, and then players started going at each other in the corner. Pretty much what I expected between these two teams. It's been very fun so far. The Oilers have nine out of their last 12 possible points, 75%. That is the pace they will have to play at for the rest of the regular season to have a chance at making the playoffs. That would get them to 95, 96 points, and yeah, probably get you in, uh, depending on who you get the points against. Obviously, lots of Pacific and West Division games left. They still have that one Eastern road trip. Uh, you know, some Eastern teams like the Islanders and Tampa Bay, Columbus are still coming to town. But most of the games against the West, so that's what the Oilers have to do. They, they if, you, if you look at it, in a six-game set, they have to go 4-1-1 one, and one in every six-game set minimum to have a chance at the playoffs. That's that's really what has to happen mathematically. They, they really are far out of it. And, you know, good, good stuff getting the point last night, better than nothing, but they're going to have to count by twos a lot more than counting by ones. And, and I think the free agency, and Rob and I were asked about it last night, about Patrick Maroon possibly being traded. I think Mark Letestu will be traded and we've obviously seen his role on the Oilers diminished over the last couple of weeks and he was, he was even a healthy scratch last Thursday against the Calgary Flames. Alright, you will meet one of the new well the newest Edmonton Eskimo Jake Ceresna. He was acquired in a trade today from the Ottawa Red Blacks in exchange for Odell Willis. He's coming up. We'll keep you updated on this game here at Claire Drake Arena. Scoreless halfway through the first between the Golden Bears and the Huskies. We're back after the news. Thanks for tuning in. This is Darius Bowman from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad.
7.33, live from Claire Drake Arena, inside sports on 6.30, Chet. Six minutes left in the first period. No score between the U of A Golden Bears and the Saskatchewan Huskies. Has been some nastiness. The rivalry living up to the energized, loathing label that Huskies goaltender Jordan Cook gave it on the show a couple of nights ago. In the NHL, uh, four minutes left in the third period in Pittsburgh. Malkin with a couple of goals, now 28 on the season. The Penguins lead the Capitals 7-4. Ovechkin also with two goals. He now has 32 on the season, 7-4. Pittsburgh leading Washington. The Red Wings have beaten the Hurricanes 4-1. Darren Helm gets his fifth of the year to round out the scoring for Detroit. In the last minute of the third period, San Jose looking like they're going to get the win. It is 3-1. San Jose leading Columbus. Mark Edward Vlasic, his ninth of the season. That made it 3-1 about seven minutes into the third period. And five minutes left in the second frame. The Minnesota Wild up 3-1 on the Vegas Golden Knights. And uh, the Wild controlling most of that game. 28-13 are the shots on goal. Edmonton's Tyler Ennis scored early in the second period. His seventh of the season. Oilers with an optional practice today. Cam Talbot did return. Of course, the uh, sad news, Adam Larson's father passing away at the age of 50. Larson has been away from the team uh, for the last week, and obviously he'll be uh, out uh, indefinitely here uh, moving forward. So the Oilers will... Uh Move on. The team obviously uh, pretty pretty rattled today. I think about uh, about the news. Pretty somber somber dressing room. And you probably heard the comment Todd McClellan gave uh, gave earlier. So all the best, to Adam Larson and his family. That's a tough loss. Robert Larson, a former pro hockey player in Europe. Well, significant news for the Edmonton Eskimos today. You heard Brock Sunderland talking about it earlier on the show, the GM of the team. Odell Willis traded to Ottawa. Ottawa then traded Odell to BC. But from Ottawa, the Eskimos get American defensive lineman Jake Serezna, who joins us now. Jake, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing very well. You're the newest member of the Edmonton Eskimos. Uh, how about this news today? How did you find out, and, uh, and uh, what do you think of the deal? Um, I got a call last night around 6 o'clock from the GM of Ottawa, Marcel. He uh, informed me that they were gonna they were trading me away to Edmonton. So that's how I found out about it. And uh, just all day today, they were just going through and just kind of finalizing the trade. And then they finally released it tonight. But uh, I'm feeling excited. You know, I'm excited for the opportunity to play in Edmonton. It's a great organization and just like a winning mentality there. And, and you know, I'm ready for it. Tell us about you as a player. What are your strengths? What can Eskimos fans expect once they see you on the field? Um, I played more sort, um, more um, interior defensive line. Um, I don't know. I'm pretty strong at, um, you know, collapsing the pocket. Uh, I'm pretty good at batting down uh, balls, throwing over the middle, and uh, right now I'm really uh, trying to hold in on my pass rush this offseason and really focus on that so that I can uh, be very effective and get a lot more sacks this season coming up. How would you how would you summarize your first year in the CFL in terms of that tra- uh, transition from playing college ball to, to playing in the pro? What were some of the things that, that challenged you and, and you had to rise to the occasion for? Um, I just think timing is, is a huge part of playing defensive line and the transition from American football to Canadian. Just because of that yard separation. So, 
you, you just have to re you just have to get your timing down again and it's you know your steps are a little different and how you attack the offensive line becomes a little different with that being a yard off but um that, that's probably the biggest transition transition to the game and um so 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 far last year um I, I I did pretty good and I'm just kind of looking to build on top of that and be more effective and have a stronger presence Jake Sresna joining us on Inside Sports. New Edmonton Eskimo acquired in a trade with the Ottawa Red Blacks. Jake, uh, let's let the fans get to know you a little bit. Uh, where where did you grow up, and what was your early path in terms of getting into football? Um, I grew up in New Fairfield, Connecticut, in the United States. Um, I started playing football when I was about eight years old, and uh, I've been playing ever since. Um, just went to a small town high school. Didn't get um, really recruited that well at a high school, so I wound up going to a Division three school up at uh, in it's called SUNY Cortland in, in upstate New York. I played there, um, had a pretty good career, and then um, decided to try and try and play professional football. I um, had um, a couple runs with, you know, I was on the New York Jets. Uh, training camp roster for a little bit and then I signed with Ottawa and I played there for my first rookie year in the Canadian Football League and then now I just got traded and I'm headed to Edmonton. What what led you to the Canadian Football League? Was that maybe always an option you were you were looking into? Did did it did it pop up? Uh, you know while the experience with the Jets was going on? Because I know for some American players uh, they don't know a lot about the CFL before they come to it. Whereas other guys have told me that they they always knew it might be an option for them. I didn't really I didn't really think of it too much until after my senior year when um, I signed with my agent John Perez. He kind of told me, hey, just get a passport. And, you know, the CFL is a great league, and it's always a good option to play if, you know, nothing comes up in the NFL. And so I did, and, I, you know, I looked into it, and, I th- and I've always kind of seen it here and there on TV and watched it and was wondering all why uh, teams were kind of punting on third down. And then I realized it was a Canadian Football League. But, um, yeah, um, that's how I kind of found out about it. And I, I said, you know, if I get an opportunity, I definitely – like to play up in Canada and so far I love it it's a it's a great experience it's a great league and I couldn't be happier so you started when you were eight were you always a D lineman um I always either played defensive line or offensive line growing up yeah I was always a little bigger so they they always stuck me on the line okay do you you have a favorite NFL team um not really Uh, I grew up you know I'm from New England, so I grew up, you know, rooting for the Patriots. But I don't really, really have too many favorites. I just, you know, whoever I'm playing for is usually my favorite team. Okay, <laughs> are you gonna watch the Super Bowl on Sunday? Yeah, I'll definitely be watching. I'll definitely. I think I'm gonna be rooting for New England just because, you know, I, I, I like Tom Brady. I think he's a he's a good player, and and we'll see what happens. Okay. Well, Jake, thanks for your time. I know it's been a busy day for you, and probably a lot of people want to talk to you about the trade. Look forward to meeting you when you do get to Edmonton for training camp. All the best. All right. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Right on. That's the new guy, Jake Serezna, acquired from the Eskimos, acquired by the Eskimos from the Red Blacks for Odell Willis 
in a trade today. While we're doing that interview, the U of A Golden Bears score twice. Tyson Bailey with a minute 59 left in the first, and then Luke Philp with 40 and a half seconds left in the first period. Now with uh, 14 ticks on the clock, 2-0. The U of A Golden Bears has jumped ahead of the Saskatchewan Huskies here in their 500th all-time meeting at Claire Drake Arena. Fun atmosphere. The uh, fans, uh, especially some of the younger fans who may have had classes earlier today, or maybe they decided not to go, uh, starting to heckle our, uh, our friend Jordan Cook in net for the Saskatchewan Huskies. All right, we're going to take a quick timeout. It is 7.41. Of course, you can text 6.30, uh, We're not sure if the texts are coming through tonight, but if you have a score prediction for the Super Bowl on Sunday and we get it, we'll read it out and we'll save it for the next show on Tuesday to see if anybody's right. The open line, 780-496-0063. First period ends with Alberta up 2-0 on Saskatchewan. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Well, there's the CFL MOP. Plenty of CFL news today. Great Cup Festival details announced right here in Edmonton. Go to 630Chet.com, get more on the Odell Willis trade. Ricky Ray's coming back to the Argos for another year. Charleston Hughes gets traded from Calgary to Hamilton and then to Saskatchewan for quarterback Vernon Adams. A lot going on in the Canadian Football League today. What an uh, unusual February 2nd. Here at Claire Drake Arena, first intermission, two goals in the last two minutes of the period for the U of A Golden Bears. They lead the Saskatchewan Huskies 2-0, shot 16-14 for the Bears. 780-496-0063, we have Matt calling in tonight. Is this Matt from Section O? No, it's not Section O, sorry. Different okay, Matt. That, that's okay. Is Claire Drake Jams the rafters read, or what's it like there? It is uh, fairly full. I wouldn't say it's uh, completely sold out, but it, it's, a, it's a pretty nice crowd, so that's good to see. And I always like when the student hecklers come out. Oh, it adds a little flavor to the game. <laughs> anyway, I think Brock Sunderland made a wise move uh, getting rid of Odell. I think he was, uh, Father Time has caught up to him. Uh, he always seemed to be a little bit late getting to the quarterback uh, this last past season, and uh, Sunderland getting somebody for him I think is uh, great because I think they'd end up cutting him at training camp anyway. So uh, heads up to Sunderland, a uh, good move, I believe. Well, yeah, I, I don't mind the deal, and I, I know it's tough when a fan favorite goes. I mean, I remember when Fred Stamps got traded. That might have been the angriest I've ever talked to Eskimos fans about something that didn't happen in a game. But, right. I mean, you didn't you didn't hear a lot from Fred Stamps after that. I, I mean, I, I Odell has a year left on his contract. I don't know if you heard Brock earlier, Matt, but he said... He, he said it's it's age and it's it's cap space and, and I don't think that they were going to play Odell in line with his with his contract right oh, so exactly. yeah. now he's going to have to probably find a rush end in free agency or an NFL cut later on or something like that I don't know if you're going to draft one in the in the Canadian draft or rush end no. necessarily no. but the, the, but they're going to have to find somebody at that position though I like I liked a lot from Boateng's game last season I'm not sure where Chick is at though. Exactly, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think Odell, it was father time just passed him by, and he just couldn't play on this team anymore as the uh, rush in, especially at the price tag. It was just too expensive. Yeah. Hey, good to talk football with you on February 2nd, Matt. Call any time, okay? Take care, Reed. Yeah, crazy day for the uh, Canadian Football League as well. The NHL scores here. It ends 7-4 for the Penguins over the Capitals. The Red Wings beat the Hurricanes 4-1. Sharks 
over the Blue Jackets, 3-1. And now after two periods, Minnesota Wild add a goal from Jared Spurgeon. So the Wild up 4-1 on the Golden Knights. That's after 40 minutes. Shots are 30-13. 30-13 in favor of Minnesota. So a rare night where the Golden Knights are being dominated. Well, I mean, their worst loss of the year was in Edmonton back Back in November, uh, what was it, 8-2 for the Oilers that night. Uh, generally, they don't lose, as I'm sure you all noticed. It, I mean, that, that, I don't know if you, if you saw the highlights. The, the James Neal swinging at the puck, and, and it hits Connor Hellebuck. It, not the puck, his stick hits Connor Hellebuck in the mask last night, and the puck's lying there and eventually poked across the line by Vegas. That's not called goalie interference. That that was a weird one. I mean, you'd, you'd think. Uh, I mean, usually they blow. Like last night, Al Montoya took a puck off the mask. They they blow it dead to make sure the goalie's okay, and then you know that his mask is still fitting because they don't. They, they're very worried about head injuries. So it was pretty unusual that they allowed a. Now it wasn't malicious. I mean, Neil was trying to get at the puck, but it, it's pretty unusual that they would allow that play to continue, and then the goal to stand, and. You probably saw the Boston play where two Bruins players pushed the St. Louis goaltender out of the crease, and then the puck gets fired in by the Bruins, and that wasn't goaltender interference. So it's this the standard for that play has become very unusual around the National Hockey League, I think. Video review has its purposes, but it doesn't always seem to, to get the play right. But Gary Bettman spoke about it, and... Uh, well, I don't know if it helped, actually, because he spoke about it, and I don't know if it made a difference, but that's something to follow as we move along here. 7.50, campus of the U of A, Claire Drake Arena, U of A Golden Bears leading the Saskatchewan Huskies 2 nothing. We're uh, after the first period. The Matt asking if the uh, building is packed. Pretty good crowd here. I would expect they'll be up around uh, 2,000 for this game, maybe a little more. This is a, a premier matchup in Canada West, obviously. If you, pick, if you pick one weekend a year to come to a game, this is the one you want to come to, though they could be playing again in a few weeks in the Canada West Championship Series. That's very possible. Uh, game tomorrow at 5, by the way, if you're not able to make it tonight and you would like to see these two teams go at it, they'll play again tomorrow at, uh, at 5 o'clock. They always do the doubleheaders in Canada West. Well, the Bears do a home-and-home with the Calgary teams, but generally it's doubleheaders against everything else. Uh, the Grey Cup Festival stuff, again, you can get more on 630Ched.com. Morley interviewed both Dwayne Vanneau, he's the head of the festival, and Eskimos president and CEO Len Rhodes were on the show. So that's going to be a different setup. It's going to be on Jasper Avenue for the festival between 96th and 99th Streets. So that'll be an interesting spot. I guess it'll obviously affect traffic in the area, but on the other side of the uh, Shaw, they might have some stuff going on on Gerson Hill, which will be pretty cool. That's actually the spot in the summer where they now have the start-finish line for the Edmonton Marathon, and I usually run the half marathon in August, so that's a it's a pretty cool start-finish spot in the summer. You're right in front of the Shaw, and they, they use one of the big banquet rooms where you can go in and... Uh, get your they give a little breakfast for the runners after the race and they uh, can get your massage if you're injured and all that kind of stuff so that and then Canada place across the street so that's a pretty been a pretty cool spot for the marathon and that'll be a pretty nice spot for the Great Cup festival as well uh, the Edmonton Oilers I was talking about their their very slim playoff chance I mean I've, I haven't been talking about the point differential as much I, I give it out as information but I mean, San Jose uh, wins tonight. They get up to 62 points. The Oilers sitting way back at 48. Colorado has 60. 
they have the second wild card. Anaheim has 60. Those are the teams the Oilers are closest to in terms of the playoffs. But here's the thing. Vancouver has now caught up to the Oilers again. 48 points. The Oilers do have a game in hand. The next closest team for the Oilers, Chicago Blackhawks, have 55 points. So that's how tough it is for the Oilers. They're three and a half wins behind the next closest team. And if they were to theoretically pass the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, they'd still have to pass four more teams to get into the playoffs. It's going to be tough for Edmonton. The the, the trade deadline, I, I think, is going to be more about who they get rid of and what they get rather than, than loading up for the playoff run because um, the playoffs are highly unlikely at this point. Now, I don't think the team is going to be torn apart. But I, I will say that. I, I don't think that they're looking at the team saying, oh, my God, this is, uh, is such a terrible team. I mean, a few years ago, Rob Brown said on a, a postgame show that the Oilers needed at least 10 and perhaps as many as 14 new players. And if you think about it, uh, I mean, I know a lot as fans you get frustrated because a guy was with the Oilers and he goes on to do well somewhere else and fair point certainly when you know, Devin Dubnik being a number one candidate you knew Hall and Everly were still going to be good players as they were traded but there have been guys who's who played for the Edmonton Oilers who maybe weren't re-signed or who were traded away for very little and that they haven't played in the NHL after they were Oilers you know they were players the Oilers thought could be in the league and they played on bad Oilers teams and then really went on to do nothing else. Uh, I mean, Cam Barker. Look at the goaltenders they had. Ben Scrivens, Victor Faust. Uh, Scrivens is going to be on the Olympic team, but it wasn't in the NHL. I mean, played briefly for Montreal, but I'm talking about guys who went on to play a long time somewhere else. I mean, a guy like Leonard Petrell, the Oilers brought in. Uh, Eric Belanger, this was his last stop. Uh, ben Eager, this wound up being his last NHL stop. So that's why have the Oilers been where they're at? Well, it's because they often had players who um, wouldn't have been picked up by any other team or maybe just other bottom-feeding teams. I, I don't think they're in that situation where you need to gut the entire roster and bring in 8, 10, 12, 15 new guys. But there's there will have to be some tweaks. And there will have to be some hard decisions about uh, the special teams. Is this just some kind of a... a I hate to use the word flukish. Maybe I'll use freakish. Some kind of freakish blip where uh, the special teams are both just in incredibly uh, horrendous in the same season. But I think there's going to have to be some tweaking, and I think there will have to be probably three, maybe four, maybe five, uh, you know, significant changes or, you know, guys that, can, guys that stay, but maybe their role is re reduced a little bit. I mean, I know... Uh, Kajula's been criticized a lot. Shirelli's been criticized for thinking that guys like Shiru, uh, Kajula and Slepeshev could be scorers. And, and absolutely fair comments. Now, I think with uh, Kajula, there's an NHL player there, but maybe more of a depth guy as opposed to somebody who can just step. And I thought maybe he could get 15 to 20. I, I, I really did because he shoots well and he, he checks and he can be kind of pesky, but we haven't seen that enough. That's probably the biggest frustration about the Oilers this season is you have seen flashes of not brilliance necessarily, but effectiveness, flashes of competence, shall we say, and then it disappears pretty quickly. And there have been too many nights when they are out of a game, they are out of a game. Though, credit in their last two games fell behind 2-0 in both, uh, battled back to get three out of a possible four points. So uh, it's going to be an interesting February. It'll, it'll really tell the tale. 
of uh, of the stretch drive here for the Oilers season if they somehow scratch out on an amazing February and like I said can get 75% of their points well then uh, who knows maybe that changes what happens at the trade deadline I want to thank Sean Alford our engineer here at Claire Drake for setting us up this has been a fun one 2-0 Golden Bears leading the Huskies after the first. I'll keep you updated on my uh, Twitter account, and you'll hear the final score later on 6.30. Chet, thanks to Kellen Kennedy, the studio producer. Next Oilers broadcast Monday, 5.30 face-off show. Game will start at 7 against the mighty Tampa Bay Lightning. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Oh, Super Bowl pick. Uh, I'm going to go Patriots run away with it. 30-13 for the Patriots. Write that down, Kellen. Have a great weekend, everybody. You got it. Good weekend, guys. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.